basketball the basketball segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by Mete and nate what's up guys so what's up all right in today's episode we got a preview for you the first division preview uh, in the nba uh it's the atlantic division we'll be talking about this entire division in terms of fantasy relevant players and um, I guess we'll just project standings in this division for the, the upcoming NBA season. So, yeah, let's just hop right into it. Um, I'll go ahead and get things started with the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'll just talk about some of the players that you should be looking at for fantasy. Obviously, the best player uh, for them is Jason Tatum. He plays at the small forward or power forward position in most leagues. Um, he should be a first round pick also in most leagues. Um yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward. He'll cover most categories for you. Uh, he's pretty strong all around. Uh, then you got Jalen Brown. Uh, he's probably going maybe the third or fourth round in drafts. Uh, he plays shooting guard and small forward. Another solid option from this team. You really can't go wrong with him. Um, you can also look at Marcus Smart. Um, he starts most of the games. Um, if not, uh, he'll be coming off the bench and still getting like top six minutes on this team. Uh, another like top five or six round pick. Uh, really solid, especially for steals. I believe he did the lead the lead lead the league in steals uh, at least one of the past two or three seasons. So he is really solid. Um, then you got Robert Williams, sort of that breakout center for them last year. Um, yeah, really solid in his own right. He should continue to grow his game even this season. Obviously, solid percentages being in the paint. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that should be starting this year and should have an elevated role in this offense. Um, I guess behind him, you have Ennis Cantor and Al Horford. Uh, it just depends on how they're going to split the minutes between those two guys. Obviously, Horford, a former Boston Celtic, is returning to this lineup. Obviously, you wouldn't draft them, I'd say, in within the first like seven or eight rounds. You probably draft them outside of that. But they are pretty solid options, and they should be fantasy relevant. Uh, you got free agent Dennis Schroeder coming in at the point guard position. He's most likely the fifth or sixth man in this offense. Uh, he could have an even bigger role depending on how much he plays. He's strong in assists, should get you points as well and good percentages. So definitely look at him. And I just mentioned Josh Richardson. I know he had a poor season last year in terms of fantasy uh, with the Mavericks, but coming to a new team in Boston, they might uptick his usage. Um, he is a shooting guard and small forward. So uh, you definitely want to take a look at him. Um, he's one of those guys that you might not draft in every single league, but he might be available on the waiver. So I like him. And then uh, in terms of rookies for this team, um, I didn't really find anyone that's probably going to get any uh, quality minutes right away. Um, I did find second round pick uh, in 2021, uh, Juhan uh, Bigarin. He's a shooting guard. Um, he's one of those guys that's not going to really steal minutes from Tatum or Brown at like the two, three spot, but I guess later on in the season, his role could grow. So maybe just keep an eye on him, put him on a watch list or something and maybe pick him up if there's injuries or something. But yeah, that's my outlook for fantasy for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Nate, I'm going to move to you, I guess, just talk to us about the Brooklyn Nets now. Yeah. So um, Brooklyn Nets, they're pretty loaded in terms of the players that they have. So um it's kind of difficult to see how the minutes are going to be shared, but I guess I'll just start with Kevin Durant. Um, top three player in the league, arguably, is obviously one of the best uh, small forwards in the league as well. So 
Um, he's definitely going to be felt fantasy relevant this year. Um, I guess next uh, there's Kyrie Irving again, a really really good point guard. Um, he's definitely going to be fantasy relevant. Um, Patty Mills, he's pretty solid point guard off the bench. He's going to be most likely be playing behind Kyrie Irving. So maybe in like later rounds, you might want to take a look at him depending on how many minutes you think he's going to get. And um, I guess next, James Harden, again, um, one of the best players in the league. So not really too much to say about James Harden. Um, if you see him early in the rounds, you can't really go too wrong picking him up. Um, Joe Harris, um, he's listed as a small forward, so not too sure how he's going to be um, sharing um, minutes with Kevin Durant, so I guess we'll have to see about that, but pretty um, solid player. I guess maybe like in the middle of the draft, you could consider taking him there. And LaMarcus Aldridge, um, he is coming uh, back to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think in some sites he's listed as the starting power forward, so um, he might get some uh, some quality minutes there. But I guess maybe in the middle or like kind of like this when the draft is starting starting to end a little bit, maybe you can kind of uh, take him there. Mainly just because we're we're not sure. Um, I guess just where he is in terms of how NBA ready he is. It's been a year he's had to kind of get healthy. So there might be a little bit of um, rust that he has to shake off before he kind of goes back into his form. And there's also the fact that um, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant are going to be getting most of the touches. So um, we're just going to kind of have to see what his role is going to be. And I guess Blake Griffin and Paul Millsap are, I guess, the last two I have for fantasy relevant players. Um, I guess they're both pretty solid, solid options, but I wouldn't um, draft them too early um, either, even though they're both uh, pretty solid. So, uh, yeah, and I guess for rookies, um, I guess Boston, I mean, Brooklyn's not really the best team to be looking for um, rookies for, I guess, qual quality minutes, um, lots of field goal attempts and stuff like that. I guess maybe you can take a look at um, Cameron Thomas, but even then I wouldn't draft him. Honestly, I would um, try to look in the waiver wire, like maybe week to week, because it's going to be hard to say, like, will I guess how um, relevant he'll be in terms of um, being in your roster. So you're going to have, going to want to check week to week. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I think both Boston and Brooklyn are the kind of teams, you know, they're like playoff level teams. So they're picking later in the draft anyways. They don't have those big time prospects coming in. Well, they don't need them to play the big minutes. They have their role players there already. So I definitely uh, agree with that. Uh, Meti, I'll get to you uh, next. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers, I guess, talk about this team for fantasy. Yeah, so for fantasy, uh, Ben Simmons, uh, there's been many rumors surrounding him. And his future in Philadelphia looks uncertain, but uh, he's still in Philadelphia at the moment. And a lot of people like to clown him since he can't shoot, but I think he's a triple-double threat every night. So I think the Philly fans need to be careful of what they wish for as 
uh, Simmons is a great player. Also, he'll give you great defensive numbers. So, yeah, definitely don't sleep on Simmons just because of the memes. Seth Curry, uh, solid 3 and D player. He's going to give you great efficiency. And with him playing 28-plus minutes and starting last season, he's definitely a fantasy option. Uh, Danny Green, another really solid 3 and D player. Uh, I'd say the difference between Curry and Green is that Curry's more of an efficient scorer where Green is the better defender as he averages more steals and blocks. So depending on what your team needs, you could draft accordingly. And then Tobias Harris, another really great 3 and D player, but he's more than that as he's their number two option. Uh, solid in all the categories. Uh, his numbers aren't really eye-popping, but they're all really respectable. Joel Embiid, uh, the main guy in Philadelphia. I don't have much to say, honestly. He's the one of the best centers in the league, and is, he's a fantasy option in all fantasy formats and leagues. And then Shake Milton. Uh, with the trade rumors of Simmons, I feel like if they do happen and the Sixers don't get back a starting caliber point guard, the value of Shake Milton would skyrocket. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great scorer, but outside of that, he doesn't really do too much, but he's only 24, so he's got great upside. He can still improve. Andre Drummond, uh, he took a big hit actually joining the Sixers, but it looks like he's he wants to win at this point of his career, and he doesn't really care about the stats anymore, so I think he'll still give you good value for fantasy. He's just going to be that guy who gets you blocks, steals, rebounds. And outside of that, uh, anything else would be bonus, I think. And then for rookies, I just look at their first round pick, Jaden Springer. He's the 28th pick of the most recent draft. He'll probably have a tough time cracking the sixes rotation, I think, at first. But uh, since their team is really deep, but... Uh, I think once he does crack the rotation, he can become a staple as he had solid numbers in college, very efficient shooter. He's a rookie, so especially in keepers leagues, you should look out for him, but I honestly wouldn't draft him outside of a keeper league. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just had one question. Uh, I know Embiid's mostly been going in round one of most leagues. Do you think Drummond being there will sort of tank his value? Should he be taken later or do you still like where he's going? I still like Embiid at first round. Like I said, I believe he's one of the best centers in the league, top three for sure. And yeah, I mean, when you have a top three guy at any position, he should be a first round talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's definitely really solid. He's very efficient as a scorer as well. He doesn't need a lot of minutes to really put um, stats up on the board. So um, yeah, I think you're right. Even with Drummond coming in, a minute restriction shouldn't be a problem for him. Um, Nate, I'll just send it right back to you. Uh, you're covering the New York Knicks. I, I guess just talk to us about their fantasy relevant players. Sure. Um, there's, again, quite a bit of players on New York that you might want to take a look at. I guess first, uh, Kemba Walker. Um, again, he's a really solid player for um, New York. And he's most likely going to be starting as the point guard, I think. 
I think his fantasy totals, um, he only played 43 games, but he was able to get 829 points in uh, 43 games. So I think that's uh, pretty decent. So, um, yeah, you should definitely take a look at Kemba Walker, maybe not necessarily like the first two rounds, maybe, but like still somewhere like early on in the draft. Um, Derek Rose, another solid point guard for uh, New York. Um, he could probably score 20 uh, points on any given night, I think, especially if he's hot. So um, I think maybe in the middle of their draft, you'd want to take him. And uh, Evan Fournier, um, if he plays like it's the Olympics every night, um, you never, never know how good he'll be. But yeah, I guess another solid shooter for New York. So I think maybe in the middle of the draft, you could take him. Same with um, RJ Barrett. He's another solid um, player for uh, New York. Um, really, he gets uh, really good scoring. He plays really good defense as well. And uh, Julius Randle, I feel like he might end up being taken pretty early in the draft since he's a power forward. It's going to be tough to get good power forwards. So um, you're going to want to look at Julius Randle a little bit earlier. And I also put uh, Dwayne Bacon because um, he's apparently get being projected on some sites to get um, starting, I guess, caliber minutes. So kind of depends how the minutes um, work out. I guess maybe later in the draft you can take uh, Dwayne Bacon. Um, there's a, a lot of other players that you could look at, for example, like Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, or Obi Toppin, but I'm not really too sure about um, their relevancy. So maybe like really late, like maybe the last couple of rounds, you could kind of take your chance on them or uh, even like maybe just uh, wait for like the first couple of weeks and see if they're not taken on the waiver. And I guess for rookies, um, you could look at, I guess, uh, Keon Johnson, Kai Jones, or I think apparently Quentin Grimes was listed on the New York roster. So you might want to take a look at them, but it's going to be um, hard considering um, how many good players are in New York in the moment. Yeah, this New York team really looks like they got deeper, obviously, adding Kemba and others. Um, hopefully, Mitchell Robinson is the starting center for this team. He's that young body that needs to sort of get in there and become the guy. Obviously, like you said, Noel should factor in and others. But uh, yeah, I definitely uh, like the appeal for this team. I know they were a more defensive team last year, but hopefully they can become a lot more offensive this year. Uh, Mette, I'll just bounce it to you. You're covering the Toronto Raptors. I guess talk to us about their fantasy-relevant players. Yeah, so I have seven guys. Uh, first one being OG Ananobi. Uh, like I said in the top 12 small forwards video, I think Ananobi has great potential to be more than a 3 and D guy. And this is the season for him to showcase that as Lowry's gone, Siakam's going to be missing the first few months. So I think he gets a lot of looks early on in the season and we'll have to see what he does with them. Fred Van Vliet, I think he's going to be the new number one option in Toronto. And he's the def uh, def definitive sorry, ball handler for the Raptors now that Lowry's gone. And yeah, I mean, Van Vliet, he had an amazing season last year. He became a full-time starter for the first time in his career. And 
I think he just needs to work on his efficiency and he'll be even better. Uh, Pascal Siakam, like I said, uh, he's going to be out for the first few months due to his surgery. And I think that does hurt his fantasy fantasy value. But what that means is that you could honestly get Siakam way later than you should. Uh, and yeah, I feel like due to that, you could get great value for him when he returns. I think... He could go back to being the number one option, but I actually can see a 1A, 1B situation with him and Van Vliet, especially if Freddie's tearing it up during Siakam's absence. And then Gary Trent Jr., the return piece for Norman Powell, solid 3 and D player. Uh, Trent should be a Raptor uh, starter for the Raptors, and I think that means that uh, he should be fantasy relevant and his numbers aren't the greatest, but he's still really young. I think he's only 22 at this moment. So, yeah, he has great upside. Ken Birch, solid big man. And once he came to the Raptors and won the starting job, his numbers got way better. Uh, don't expect too much out of him. He'll get you solid numbers, but he won't get you uh, star numbers like a Joel Embiid. But still really solid uh, for points, rebounds, steals, blocks. And he surprisingly started shooting the three balls since joining the Raptors. So a uh, new element to his game. Chris Boucher, uh, he had a crazy breakout year last season. And uh, I feel like now that a couple of big scoring options are gone, I think Boucher can get even better. Uh, definitely one of the best bench players in the NBA, I think. I feel like he could be a sixth man of the year this season even. But, yeah, don't let the fact that he's a bench player stop you from drafting him. He's uh, amazing. And then next guy I had, last guy, Scotty Barnes, the rookie. Uh, surprise fourth overall pick, Scotty Barnes. He's going to be given a lot of minutes now that the Raptors are rebuilding. And for that reason, I think he's going to be a great fantasy option. And he provides great versatility so I think he starts the season on the bench but I wouldn't be surprised if he became a starter later on in the year yeah for sure I definitely agree with a lot of the stuff that you said I think that uh Chris Boucher obviously someone needs to advocate to get this guy more minutes because he was such a good um four or five in fantasy last year uh, he was one of the top uh, 50 players, I believe, even in fantasy. Like, he was just so solid. Uh, he needs to be taken, at the very least, in the middle of the draft, if not even higher. And then I guess, Nate, I'll just bounce to you. You're also a Raptors fan. I guess, any thoughts uh, in terms of them for fantasy? Um, I mean, the Raptors are fairly deep. I feel like um, one to five is going to be fantasy relevant. And even some of the players off the bench, obviously, Chris Boucher, who he's a starter, um, caliber player in my opinion, but for whatever reason, they want to keep, um, keep him, they want to keep him on the bench. So, um, yeah, I think the Raptors are a team that, um, if there's some, I guess, some depth that you're missing, you can look at, um, kind of whoever is a Raptors player and you can kind of, uh, pick them up. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can just move into projecting the standings for this Atlantic division this year. Um, Nate, since I was talking to you, we might as well just start with you. I guess, what do you project for these five teams in the standings this year in terms of order? So I guess um, 
the standings for the Atlantic Division is division is kind of tough. Um, I think that at least for the two to the four spot, um, they're more or less interchangeable. You kind of make an argument for who goes where, but I think number one, I don't think is too disputable. I think I put Brooklyn just because um, they're the Brooklyn Nets. They have three of the best players in the entire entire league on their team at uh, their one to five is extremely deep. Um, they even have bench players that are starter quality players. So I decided to put them at one. Uh, two, I put um, New York, which I guess might end up being kind of the highest that I think anybody would put New York in terms of division standings. But I guess I just kind of liked the roster changes. So I decided to put them at two. Um, three, I put the 76ers. Um, I guess they also have a pretty solid roster, but um, I'm just not sure if they'll be able to play the, to the potential of their um, roster this year. And then fourth, I put Boston, which I think is going to be the lowest that you would see the Celtics. But I guess I was just looking at kind of like um, the roster overall, and they're fairly deep, but I'm not sure if... I could say that they're deeper than, for example, like the 76ers or um, even New York as of right now. So put them at fourth. And I put Toronto at fifth, um, mainly because it's going to be their first um, season without Lowry. So it, and Pascal Siakam's injured. So it's not like a full rebuild, but it's kind of like, um, I guess like it's more like a retooling kind of season. So, um, I just put them at fifth because of that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I guess for my projected standings, I have Brooklyn at number one. I think they have three of the five best players in this division. I think uh, you really can't dispute that a whole lot. Um, the only way they don't finish first is with some kind of injuries or some kind of regression from last year, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they should be really solid. So yeah, uh, Nets should be number one. I have the Boston Celtics at number two. I feel like that this team was just riddled with injuries last season especially that Jalen Brown injury that really hurt them especially going into the playoffs and Jason Tatum like I said he's probably also one of the five best players in this division um, he can just carry a team like crazy um, I definitely think that he can carry this Boston team to a second place finish in this division provided that he has the pieces around him to do so um, I put New York at number three I like a lot of the points that you mentioned Nate about this team um, yeah, they got a whole lot deeper compared to last year. A lot of more veteran players coming in as well. That should definitely help them when it comes to the playoffs. They're one of these defensive teams that you really don't want to play on a nightly basis because they have the potential to shut your team down and to put your team scoring under 100 points. So um, they're really solid in that aspect. Um, I have Philly at number four, not that they're a bad team. Like, I mean, they could finish fourth in this division and still be like a top five or six team in the East. Um, they, they're like, if, like you said, two to four is really tough to sort of uh, tell who's going to finish where. So I did put them there just because we don't know Ben Simmons's future. We don't know what kind of pieces they'll get back if they trade him. If he stays, is there chemistry? Is there locker room issues? Obviously, Embiid is still going to be that good player. Harris is going to be one of their best scorers. And they have guys in there like Drummond and others. Uh, um, Meta, you mentioned Curry and, and other good scorers on this team. They have scorers. Um, the only question is, I, I guess, just the team chemistry and if they can keep pushing forward. 
And it looks like both Boston and New York have gotten ex- like extremely better over this offseason. So I feel like that momentum could push them ahead. Uh, Philly's a strong team either way. And then, of course, I have Toronto at number five. Um, no disrespect to the team. They're just dealing with a lot of injuries, dealing with, like Nate, you mentioned, a retool. Um, it's just really hard to project them any higher than that. The only way they would be higher than that is if they did get Siakam back fully healthy and if one of the other teams uh, had a big injury or something. But Or else I do see them at number five. But I guess, Metti, I'll just get to you for your projected standings. Yeah, I uh, have Brooklyn at one as well. I mean, I don't think you can really argue this. Like you guys said, they have a crazy big three. They're adding even more depth. So I feel like they should definitely win this division. And then I have Philadelphia at number two. I I still really believe in the Sixers. Uh, like I said, though, uh, it's kind of hard to tell right now. If Simmons is gone, I think they drop. Actually, that depends. Uh, if they don't get a starting caliber player in return, it really hurts their chances of contending and drops them from two for sure. But for this moment, I have them at two. Number three, I have Boston. I think they rebound this season. They had a rough year last season because of the Jalen Brown injury, I think. Uh, Horford and Cantor returning, I think, is huge for them. So I think they can rebound. Number four, New York Knicks. They finally made the playoffs for the first time since 2013. And for them to remake the playoffs, I think it's going to be tough as the Eastern Conference has been improving during the past couple of years, and the Knicks did improve this offseason, but I think they took a lot of risk uh, risks, like um, the Fournier contract, Alec Burke's contract. I feel like they gave them too much money, and if that doesn't really work out for them, I feel like they could have trouble moving them due to the fact that they overpaid them a bit, but they do have a chance of making the playoffs like I'd say for sure. And then Toronto at number five, it definitely hurts for me to say this, but it looks like the Raptors are going to be in the basement for the Atlantic division. And it's something that the Raptors fans kind of forgot about. Uh, We've been so great for the past decade. I feel like that. Yeah. We really forgot about our old days where, we were a lottery team every single year. And then, yeah, I think the Raptors are better than what we think, but the division is way too tough. So I don't think there's any way they can be above number five. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I feel like Toronto and the New York Knicks just sort of switched places. Um, I feel like the Knicks were always at the basement of this division for the past like decade or so. And then now it seems like Toronto might be there but hopefully not for too long I guess if they can retool and sort of rebound uh, in that kind of way um I guess Nate I'll start with you I guess any last thoughts on this division whether it's for fantasy whether it's for standings or just in general I think that just in general I think this is the deepest that the Atlantic division has ever been um there's four out of the five teams are I guess um playoff teams basically and then the Toronto Raptors they're kind of on the outside looking in. Um, I'm not sure if they would be able to make the playoffs. I mean, it'd be nice if they'd be able to, but we'll just have to see about that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, it's been a while since both New York teams have been relevant at the same time. 
um, both Brooklyn and the New York Knicks. I imagine them meeting in a playoff series. The atmosphere would be crazy. Um, these two uh, crazy fan bases love their teams. And they're both really solid right now. Obviously, Boston, a uh, strong team, a lot of good young players. Of course, Tatum, Brown, and Williams are prime examples of that. Uh, young talent coming through for them. And then obviously, Philly, they, they have uh, built a strong team with their process. Obviously, if Ben Simmons is traded away, um, maybe that helps them finish the process and compete for a title. Who knows? Um, and then, yeah, you, you mentioned the Raptors. Um, they just need a couple more pieces, in my opinion, and they can definitely compete in this division. Uh, they, you know, the, the young guys they've already added are really solid. Um, I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts on, on this division as a whole? Yeah, I really like what Nathan said about two to four. I feel like he's 100% correct. It could go either way. And then I feel like one and five is just, it looks like it's set. And yeah, I mean, I feel like this is one of the better divisions in the NBA. And yeah, that's pretty much it, honestly. Yeah, this is definitely the best division in the East, for sure. I can definitely say that. Um, yeah, like uh, Nate said, four of the five teams are almost locked in for the playoffs, uh, barring any injuries. And then, yeah, the Raptors, uh, they're not as far off as a lot of people think. So I, I definitely agree with that. And yeah, um, that's been the preview for the Atlantic Division. Uh, I believe we'll have a preview for, I believe it's the Central Division next week. Uh, not 100% sure on that, but yeah, definitely look out for that. We'll talk about more fantasy players. We'll talk about our projections for the standings. Uh, it's great that we can go through all these divisions and sort of look at which players are relevant for fantasy. Um, I guess just make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been getting those football picks up for you guys. Definitely leave us some likes, give us some follows, um, and then just check out this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just make sure you like, subscribe, share, click the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, guys, um, this is probably the most competitive division uh, in the East. It's going to be exciting to watch this season. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.